Welcome to the C3SYD podcast. Our heart for you is that you would know Jesus, find community and discover purpose. To find out more about our church, head to our website at c3syd.church. We hope that this message encourages you today. Hello, church. I hope you're doing so well. First thing I want to say is a huge welcome. If you're a guest in any of our locations here at C3SYD, we want to say a massive welcome. And uh, it's our privilege to host you. Today, we are launching our latest campaign. It's called Fine Print Tools to Navigating Through Suffering based in the book of 1 Peter. And I want to ask you this question straight off the bat. Have you ever been stitched up by fine print? You know, on a contract, there's some fine print at the end or you agree to something and there was some fine print that you missed, didn't read. I want to share some funny stories. There's this uh, British retailer, Game Station. And on April Fool's Day in 2010, they inserted a new clause into their license agreement with a checkbox already ticked. And if users didn't uncheck the tick box, they agreed to grant Game Station, watch this, a non-transferable option to claim for now and forevermore your immortal soul. <laughs> that was in the, the fine print. Um, the Apple iTunes end user agreement mysteriously contains a clause prohibiting its use to construct weapons of mass destruction. This is a real thing. And it says this in the fine print. It says, you will not use these products for any purposes prohibited by United States law, including, without limitation, the development, the design, the manufacture or production of nuclear, missile or chemical or biological weapons. <laughs> That's in the agreement, just so you know. Uh, look at this. Look at this picture. It's going to come to you on the screen of a doormat. This is a doormat. I quite like this one, the, the fine print. Um, let's read the fine print. It says, warning. And then it says, do not use mat as a projectile. If you're ever thinking of using your doormat as a projectile. Sudden acceleration to dangerous speeds may cause injury. Good to know. When using mat, follow directions. Put your right foot in. Put your right foot out. Put your right foot in and shake it all about. This is in the fine print. This mat is not designed to sustain gross weight exceeding 1,200 pounds. It may begin to smoke immediately, seek shelter and cover head. So this, this is about fine print today. And one of the things about fine print is fine print is kind of where you put things that you don't really uh, think people are going to read and you don't really think people are going to notice. And sometimes in modern day Christianity, uh, suffering has been put in the fine print of our decision to follow Jesus. Often it's all about how if you follow Jesus, you will have no problems. And I just wanna be really honest with you today, that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. When you follow Jesus, you still have problems and there are still challenges and there are still 
things that we go through. Just because you follow Jesus and just because you have Jesus in your life, just because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God's your Father, you're a child of God, doesn't mean you're not going to have suffering. And when we read the New Testament, here's what's interesting. In the New Testament, suffering was never in the fine print. Suffering was never down the back. Suffering was never a little hidden clause. Suffering actually was very upfront. Jesus was upfront about it. Peter was upfront about it. John was upfront about it. James, the brother of Jesus, was upfront about it. Jesus never promised that if you follow him, you will have, you'll never have any problems. In fact, he promised the opposite. <laughs> Look at this, John 6, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So the place we find peace is not in the world. We're going to find trouble in the world. We are going to find trials in, in this life. We don't, we're not looking for peace in this world. We find peace in Jesus Christ. And that is a good news that you can be in a trial. You can be in the midst of suffering, but still somehow have peace because our peace is found in God. And it's peace that the world can't give you and it's peace that the world can't take away. So over the next four weeks, here's what we're going to do, church. We're going to be going through the book of 1 Peter. And so you can use our YouVersion devotional in our connect groups. We're going to unpack. Let's, let's study Peter. Let's, let's learn about 1 Peter and what the Apostle is teaching or what we can learn from this letter he wrote. He really does bring suffering up front and we're going to see what suffering actually, how, how suffering can be used in our lives, but the reality of it. And look what the ESV Bible talks about in the introduction of 1 Peter. It says this, the readers of the Apostle Peter's letter were confused and discouraged by persecution. They're encountering because of their faith. Peter exhorted them to stand strong, repeatedly reminding them of Christ's example the riches of their inheritance in Him and the hope of His returning again to take them to heaven, into eternal life. Peter explained how Christians should respond when they suffer because of their beliefs. Peter called the apostle of hope. His primary message is to trust the Lord, live obediently no matter what your circumstances and keep your hope fixed on God's ultimate promise of deliverance. Suffering is to be expected, but it is temporary and yields great blessings for those who remain steadfast. So you've got to remember, Peter is writing to the dispersed church and because of persecution, they've been scattered. They're dispersed around the world and they are travelling through great suffering because of following Jesus. The very reason they are suffering is because of Jesus. And the apostle is trying to strengthen them and encourage them how to face this reality. And look look what the Gospel Coalition says about the book of 1 Peter. It says, Peter's first epistle was written to instruct and encourage believers how to live in a world 
which they are strangers and aliens. We are actually from another world. We are actually from another kingdom. Persecution, therefore, is to be expected. Suffering is inevitable. But knowing who you are in Christ and that our final inheritance is secure supplies the believer with the strength to endure and live a godly life in the face of opposition. Church, you ever suffered? Have you ever faced suffering? Come on, raise your hand. If you haven't, just hold on. It's it's on the way. And (laughs) suffering is a part of life. Suffering can happen because of our own decisions. Suffering can happen because of other people's decisions. Suffering can happen just because of the brokenness and the ultimate brokenness of creation. But I want to encourage you that Peter is helping us see a couple of things about suffering. And we want you to know if you are suffering, if you are facing suffering, you're not alone. You're not on your own. And please don't think that church is a place full of people whose lives are perfect and problem free actually. No, we are all walking through challenges with family. I've got my own challenges with all sorts of different areas and there's, there's suffering, there's trials, there's things. But here's what I want to encourage you is it's not something we need to hide. It's not something we need to be ashamed of. If you're suffering, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you or that He's left you. It doesn't mean that God has disappointed you. It just means you're human. And we are in this together. And that's the beauty of the church. So, Let's go to 1 Peter 1. If you've got your Bible, grab it out. And we're going to go to the screen and we're going to read this scripture together. I love using the screen because I want you to see what a Bible study looks like. It's really simple. But here we've got 1 Peter 1, 1 to 7. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles. Oop, cross the word out, elect. And so an elect exile, these... The church were in exile. They were scattered. But the elect means they're the the chosen people of God. God's special possession of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, His great mercy. He has caused us to be born again. And so born again means we have a a new Father. Our Father is our heavenly Father. We are now children of God, born again to a living hope, not a dead hope, not a boring hope, not a dull hope, a living hope. When you have Jesus, you have a living hope, not a one day when hope, a hope that is alive every moment in us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus is not dead, He's alive. And so is our hope. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. We have the promise of eternity. Who by God's power, are being guarded 
through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, sufferings, challenges, so that the tested genuineness, authentic, real, steadfast, the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? The genuineness of your faith that is more precious than gold. The greatest thing you could have in life, more than money, more than gold, more than the riches of this world, is a genuine faith. A faith that is not through your parents, a faith that is not through peer pressure, a faith that is not because someone else told you to have faith. And that's what happens sometimes. When we suffer, we actually discover our own real, authentic, genuine faith. And that's what the Apostle Peter is encouraging us in. Three things I want you to catch today. Three simple things that I I believe Peter is saying to the dispersed church and he's saying to us that we can learn, that we can take. First thing is we may suffer, but we are not alone. And in 1 Peter 1, we see that he is writing to the the elect exiles, verse 1, the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And he's, he's actually talking to the community of the church. The whole context is that Peter is talking about God the Father and that we are children of God and we now belong to God. And I think what Peter is pointing out is that If you are suffering, you're not alone. If you are suffering because of Jesus, because you're making a stand for God, and here's the reality, I do think we are entering into a world where standing for Jesus, we will face persecution. And I think there's going to be more pressure on us. I think there is going to be more pressure to not stand and follow Jesus. And here's the encouragement is if you are facing persecution, if you are bullied because of what you believe, because you follow Jesus, because you are standing for God, you are not alone. And here's what suffering does. And I I know at many times in our church, many of us face really, really difficult challenges. And what I have seen in our church is that when anyone has faced the the loss of a loved one or or a financial crisis or or a crisis of any kind, what I've seen is our connect groups, our people rallying around each other, praying for each other, sending meals, standing in the gap. If it means finances, whatever we can do, suffering does this thing in us where it reminds us of our need for others. It causes us to reach out. And I want to say, hey, today, if you are suffering, 
Don't do it on your own. And it can be hard sometimes to admit and to ask for help. But I would encourage you, the best thing you can do is bring what you're going through to some trusted people around you who can pray with you and love on you and stand with you. The worst thing you could do is suffer alone. And that's why God has got the church, that we can, we can suffer together. Peter is writing to the church saying, hey, you're not alone. We're in this together. We are the body of Christ. We're the people of God. God loves you. Don't suffer alone. Look what Galatians 6 verse 2 says. It says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ to love one another. Love your neighbour as you would yourself. 1 Corinthians 12 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. And here's the thing. When we hurt our physical body, you know, if you hurt your ankle, your whole body actually responds. Whilst the pain is focused in one area, actually your whole body is responding to that pain. And this is what the church is like. And this is always what the church, we wanna be that kind of church. We want a culture of care, not just a few people caring, not a department that does the caring, not just a pastor that does the caring, but a culture, a community, where if, where if one part of us is sore, if one part of us is suffering, all of us respond. And this is the power of the church. This is why we have connect groups. What I love about my connect group is I, at the end of connect group, we'll, we'll read the Bible together. We have a good laugh, a good laugh, and we, we joke around, we eat some food. And then we do a Bible study together. And in the end, we pray for each other. And we go around the circle and, you know, you pray for the person on your left. We go all the way around and we share what we need prayer for. And it is one of my highlights is that I can, I can just share what I'm going through in my personal world, whether it's a challenge with this or challenge with that. And I've got these guys around me that we can pray together for each other. And that has brought a lot of healing and a lot of um, strength to my life because sometimes as a lead pastor, you can feel alone in any kind of setting. As a dad, as a mum, you can feel like you're doing it on your own. But the beauty of Connect Group is it's, it's not a big crowd. It's a circle where you sit down and you can pray for each other. And that has been a blessing in my life. I'm thankful to God for Marion. Marion looks after our prayer team. And Marion is incredible. She's in our Oxford Falls location and she prays for Jess and I. Whenever we are going through challenges, when there's attack on us and we're going through, we've been through a bit of that this year for sure. <laughs> when there is challenge, uh, we, we, Marion will call us, say, how are you going? Can I pray for you? What, what can I pray for? How's, how's your beautiful son? How's this? How's that? What can we do? And, and she's been such a a person around us when we had moments of suffering or challenge. Um, team, being on a team. Oh my gosh. Having people like Pat and Amanda Ancliffe, all our location pastors. We meet uh, every week together. Having team, our executive leadership team, people like Jackson Sporting, Alex Farncombe, Tony Moylan, having team in my life. And, and I wanna encourage you, having team around you 
not trying to do everything on your own. That's where there's, there's great health and strength if you're in suffering to have people around you. I have a coach. I meet with a coach once a month, Peter Mayrick, and partners in ministry, and he coaches me. And he's, a, he's such a blessing to my life. He helps me grow. Church, what am I trying to say? If you're suffering, if you're in pain, don't isolate. It's okay. And, and we're not trying to say that we're gonna fully understand the pain you go through because it can be so personal what you're going through. But what I am trying to say is don't suffer alone. Lean into community. That's what we're here for. That's the beauty of the church. And that's what Peter is trying to remind the people of God. that We belong to Jesus. We are His family. Second thing I want you to know that I believe Peter is highlighting in chapter one, says this in verse six, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. The second thing is we may suffer, but it's not forever. And interestingly, suffering was never the plan. Suffering was never actually God's plan for humanity. And now for a little while would tell us that it's not designed to be forever. Suffering is for a a season. And while we're on the planet, yes. While we're living this life, yes. There will be many trials and there will be sorrow and there will be challenges. But that's not the intention of God. We see in Genesis 1.31, God saw all that He had made and it was very good. So it was not the plan. Suffering is unjust. Suffering is not what God wants. God has designed, but because of the fall and the consequence of our sin, there is suffering in the earth. The world is broken. And like I said at the beginning, some of it's because of our own brokenness, our own bad decisions. Some of it's because of other people doing, inflicting it on us. Some of it's because of just life and the brokenness of the world we live in. I remember I I grew up in Hornsby. Come on, Hornsby. Come on. I know I'm massive on the big cinema screen. Come on, yell at me, Hornsby. (laughs) And our Hornsby location, I I grew up in Hornsby uh, until I was about 10 and I lived on a street called Maranta Street. Now, Maranta Street was not a street. It was a mountain. And so it was this huge, steep street. And I remember one day I decided under some peer pressure from my elder sister uh, who egged me into it uh, to, to skateboard down Maranta Street, which is easily the dumbest idea I've ever had. So I got to the top of the street, went down on the skateboard, got down, like literally made it all the way down, get to the end of the street and I get what they call the death wobbles. Have you heard of this? The death wobbles. And so I am, I am like wobbling, <laughs> this is crazy, shaking, trying to hold it together. I flip off the skateboard, I go flying in the air and I land on my shoulder and I snap my collarbone in two. <laughs> in two. Now, that was the result, because I suffered for that. That was the result of my own dumb decision. Uh, I didn't blame the devil for that one. That was my fault. I had no one else to blame. I got on the skateboard. I thought it was a good idea. That was on me. And I encourage you, sometimes we do suffer because of poor choices. 
And what we, we need to grow. We need to mature. We need to learn from our poor choices. We shouldn't blame the devil. We shouldn't blame other people. Sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes we are impacted by other people's poor decisions. And so suffering is, is going to be redeemed. It's not the plan. We do walk through it. But what I want to encourage you is it's not forever. When Jesus died on the cross, He took suffering and He redeemed it. And look at Revelation 21 to 4, 21 verse 4. It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. My third and final point, we may suffer, but it's not in vain. 1 Peter 1 verse 7 says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus. Look what Tim Keller, who passed away this year. Tim Keller, he said, When, when pain and suffering come upon us, we finally see that not only not only that we are not in control of our lives, but that we never were. We may suffer, but it's not in vain. We, we discover that we're not actually in control of everything, which sets us free from trying to control everything and actually causes us to come back to what really matters. The goal is the genuineness of our faith, that we have real faith. And suffering is not in vain because suffering makes our faith real. Suffering does something in us that makes, there's a deeper authenticity to our relationship with God because we've bled with God. We've, we've brought Him into the dark place in our lives. We've been in the valley with God. And if you can be in the valley with God, it's more precious than being on the mountain with God, I promise you. Being in a place where there's scars in your life, but God is with you. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And so, so to know God when everything is good, will only be at a certain level of relationship. But when you suffer and you suffer with God, you know Him at a deeper level that nobody can take from you and nobody can convince you out of. There is a point that will be value out of your suffering. It's not that God meant it or created it, but there is value in it. It is not in vain. Suffering makes us humble. Suffering makes us soft in heart, makes us strong, but it softens our heart. Tim Keller also says, only the true God can go with you through that furnace and out to the other side. The other gods will abandon you in the furnace. And here's what I want to encourage you. It's true. Money, it'll leave you. Sex, it'll leave you. Power, it'll leave you. When you go through the fire, do you know who will be there? Jesus. Jesus will be with you in the fire. And so church, as I close, the team are gonna join us. I wanna encourage you that Jesus will be with you in the fire. If you're suffering, it's not in vain. God will redeem. God can bring somehow 
I don't know how, but somehow God has a way of coming into our weakness and enabling us to discover His strength in a whole new way. So church, look to God for a moment. Let me pray. Father, we just thank You. Lord, for community, we thank You for the church. We thank You that we can gather. We thank You, Lord, that we're not alone. We thank You, Lord, that it's not forever, that we have the hope of eternity. We thank You, Lord, that it's not in vain. And so anybody that's suffering today, I thank You, Lord, for the comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit. Have Your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, they all said, Amen. Church, we love you and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening to the C3 SYD podcast. To make sure you don't miss out on our next podcast, click subscribe. If you want to find out more about following Jesus, get connected or find a C3 SYD location near you, head to c3syd.church forward slash connect with us. Don't forget you can find us on YouTube and Instagram at c3.syd. We look forward to having you back soon.